Hey, it's Adam from Splendid Sports. I am joined by a channel and a guy that I'm a fan of, Mike from Junk Wax Hero. Hey, how you doing, Mike? Awesome. Great. It's uh, awesome to be here. Thank you. Yeah, I, I discovered your channel uh, a few months back. And one of the videos that I noticed was uh, a Mickey Mantle video that, you know, whenever I can learn something and get entertained by a YouTube sports card video, uh, it's, it's like, if I learn something, it's, it's a bonus, you know, cause I'm just most of the time in there just to check out cool cards and hear stories and stuff. But like with your video on your channel about the 1971 Yankees team card, uh, that has Mickey Mantle in it. And as a Mickey Mantle collector, that was something that was like, blew my mind. I was like, I never knew that. Uh, so little things like that, that, uh, along with like today's video might be when this video comes out yesterday's video how you talk about uh, that there's a 1,059 one-of-one one Trevor Lawrence rookie cards. I watched that video this morning, and again, my head was blown. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't believe it. So, like, things like that, I really – I love your channel for that. I always pick up something from every video. Um, so what we're going to do here is another three and three. So what that is is Mike's going to um, show three of his favorite cards. It doesn't have to be his most valuable cards or uh, top three or anything like that. Just three of his favorite cards in his collection and tell us why. And then he's going to give us three cards that are on his hit list, cards that he wants to buy that are achievable cards that he can get hopefully in the near future. Uh, so I've talked long enough. Mike, feel free to take the floor, say whatever you want, go into yeah, it. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Adam. I really appreciate being here. Uh, so the Mickey Mantles thing, first of all, before we jump into the cards, um, somebody that I've known my whole life messaged me with that story and uh, I Googled it to confirm it. And there was nothing out there, but everything pointed to it being true. And I thought this has got to be a YouTube video. And that's kind of what my channel's about. For anybody who's not familiar, I, I like facts. Uh, so probably, I don't know, one third to one half of my videos are I'm exploring cards or sets uh, that I've never explored before. And I research them and then I just kind of bundle everything I learned into those videos. Uh, or there's little fun things like I was watching the first season of Seinfeld and Jerry Seinfeld had a box of 1990 Donruss on, on the top of his refrigerator. And I Googled it and nobody had ever mentioned it. There's no mention of it anywhere. So I put it out, it kind of went a little viral for early in my, my channel history, got retweeted on Twitter by uh, Ryan Fagan, who's kind of famous in the collecting community. Uh, so yeah, that I, I also do a little, you know, industry stuff that I find interesting, but not in the same way that I see a lot of other people do. I'm not a card, um, card investor. I'm more interested in the guys that I collect cards that look cool, that are fun. Um, and so I talk a little bit about the industry, but not so much about the money about the industry. So you want to jump into my cards? Let's do it. Let's go. Let's go into the first card of your and, three favorite cards. Yeah. And being a storyteller, I'm going to tell a story about each of these. Absolutely. So my first one, as a huge Celtics fan, I grew up basketball player, basketball fan, Celtics, of course. Bob Cousy, 1957 tops, autographed. So this card, I... I wasn't even looking for it, but I happened to see it on YouTube, uh, sorry, Facebook Marketplace one day last, uh, must have been March maybe of this year. And um, so let me try to get it back in the 
screen here. It was raw. How do I do this? Let's see. What's the best? There we go. It was raw. And I actually met the guy locally at a grocery store in the parking lot. And I inspected it. I looked it over. It was unsigned also and raw. And he sold it to me. It was the most I've ever spent on a card, 450 bucks. It was in a screw down. And I knew based on PSA standards that the screw down would probably get an authentic grade. And then as I'm, I'm actually, I posted a video because it's the most, ex most expensive card I've ever bought. And in, while I'm talking about the video, I was like, you know, I'd really love to get this card signed, but I'm not sure how to do it. Maybe I'll send it off to him TTM. And I thought, this is a crazy idea. There's no way I'm going to do it. But the more I researched it, I thought, why not? Bob Cousy's 93 or 94 years old. I'm not going to get very many chances. So uh, I sent it off to him with a $99 check to, I think it's Big Brothers Big Sisters is his organization that he requires for a donation. Mm -hmm. And I brought, I wanted to insure it because it's, it's a very expensive card. And so I asked, I went into the post office and I asked if I could insure it. And they said, I could, as long as I want Bob Cousy taking it to the post office to deliver it. <laughs> and I was like, no way. I just want to put it in his mailbox and return it to me. And they said, can't insure it that way. And I said, all right, I'm just going to send it uninsured. Mailed it off to Bob Cousy, and a week later, I had a back autograph. And it's, wow. it is a beautiful autograph. I was going to say that. It just really pops off. I mean, he's got a really nice signature. And yeah, that's a beautiful signature. Yeah. Awesome. So, and I was right. It, it did come back as authentic. The card is authentic because it was pressed by the um, screw down case. And, but the autograph got a 10. And it's yeah. a, it's pretty rare 57 tops koozie autographed with a PSA 10 grade is pretty rare. So that's a really special card for me. Interestingly, when Bill Russell passed away two weeks ago, I guess, of course they played together for years. Koozie um, said that he's next. He's I five, read that. He's five I read years that. older than yeah. Bill Russell was or six years older. And he, he says, I think I'll be in the ground pretty soon too, which is really morbid. Yeah, I, 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 it's funny. I was just reading that the other night. Uh, you know, they, I guess he just had like a kidney stone taken out or something. So he wasn't feeling really good. And, but somebody got a, I guess, a, an interview of him or something. And yeah, he said like, I guess I'll, I, I think I'll be seeing my friend very soon or, you know, it was, it was pretty morbid, but um, yeah, he's, I always love Coos. I mean, because I obviously never saw him play other than highlights, but um, I remember him as the announcer. Yeah. With him, him and Tommy Heinsohn. Yeah. Uh, there, Mike Gorman was, would do like, I think, half the games, and then Heinsohn would do the other half. This was probably in the 80s and 90s. Heinsohn would be like the, the lead announcer, and Coozy, I think, would be the color guy, or yeah. I don't know, maybe the other way around, but they, they would just both talk. And I just remember I love those two together. Yeah. Announcing games. Yeah. You know? I was never a Tommy fan. No. <laughs> I think he was he was very popular and he was passionate about the Celtics, but I just I don't know. The whole his whole I don't know. I, I just wasn't a fan. I appreciated him and he was a great player, Hall of Famer and a Hall of Fame coach too maybe. Yep. But yep. um yeah. Kuzi. Kuzi. All-time great Hall of Famer. Beautiful. That is that is 
I, that is a card that I myself have my eye on. Um, you know, it's just one of those things. It's like, why haven't I gotten this card? I don't know. <laughs> so yeah. it's just, you know, Kuzi, he's an all-time great, but he is somebody who you don't think about all the time, Yeah, unfortunately. But awesome card. Yeah. Awesome. So my next card is this. My ring light here is a little too bright, maybe. Sandy Koufax. Yep. It's a 1956 Tops, And I went to a car show last summer and I had just gotten back into collecting maybe six months before. And it was my very first card show since probably 1993 or 94. And I was just starting to get interested in vintage because I grew up on junk wax. I collected from 86 to 94 um, only those years, right? And so when I started collecting again, I felt like I've got everything from the junk wax era. I'm gonna start looking at vintage, go to this card show. One of the first tables I went to, this guy had this card raw and I think he had a price at 20 bucks. And I looked at it and it's in very poor condition. I loved Sandy Koufax, just the most dominant left-hander until probably Randy Johnson, right? Uh, and I looked at it and I was like, I don't know. This is my first table at my first show. I'm going to put it back. And it was in a, like a $20 box. And I'll be back. I said to the guy, I'll be back. So I go and I look around. But that, that card kept picking at me. And I finally go back, go to the table, and it's not there anymore. And I panicked like, oh, no, I wanted that card. 1956 tops. It's Koufax's second year. And I knew it was in really bad shape, but I still wanted it. So I asked the guy, hey weren't you the one who had the Kofax? And he said, oh yeah, it's down here. I was going to sell it to another guy. But if you want it, it's yours. And I offered him a little under and I'm inspecting, I'm looking it over, but I'm only looking at the corners and the, the edges. And I offer him a less amount and he says, sure, take it. I don't remember what it was, 10 or $20. And I get it home and my wife knows nothing about sports cards, but she always shows an interest in my hobbies. And she says, well, let me see your cards. And I show her this card and she says, well, which one of those signatures is real? <laughs> wow. And I take I it back. And that. I, <laughs> I take it back and I said, I did not notice that there were two signatures there because one of them is the manufacturer's autograph. And I was like, this is crazy. Could I have a second year Kofax autograph here? did some research, posted, a, I did my very first YouTube video. It was July 11th. Pretty sure that was my first one, July 11th last year. So 13 months ago today, in fact. Um, and I posted the, the link to YouTube, my video, in a Facebook group I was in, uh, Vintage Sports Cards. And um, like 500 people watched the video in the first 10 minutes or so. And then I got banned from that group because apparently you're not supposed to share youtube links oh. but a lot of people commented saying that's a real that's definitely real. you should send it off to psa so i sent it off to psa it was my first psa order since oh i did have a brief foray into collecting in 2004 when my son was born and i thought he'd be into baseball like i was he was not uh it's my first psa order since 2004 and it came back authentic so i have a sandy koufax authentic Autograph from 1956 tops. Wow. That is so cool. 
I, that, first of all, uh, I'm with you on Sandy Koufax. Since I was a kid, I've been, my dad's been telling me about Sandy Koufax. You know, he didn't play long, but he was the best ever, you know. Uh, and 56 tops is like probably, I think it's my favorite set ever. Yeah, it's <laughs> so, definitely the top so cool. three or so. I haven't seen, I'm sure there's a bunch out there, but I really haven't seen too many autographed 56 tops. Uh, like yeah. other, I mean, that's so cool how it's done. It is. It's an odd thing to have the manufacturer's autograph and then have his autograph right. It's almost. It's a little on top of it. It's right under it, but yeah. kind of over it. So yeah, but it awesome. it's, it is autographed. So I don't know what that's worth. Uh, I don't care. I'm never gonna sell it. Right. Just like the koozie. I can't imagine ever. I don't like to sell cards. I do it sometimes. Like when I change up what I'm doing, or if I get a card, I, I got a Willie Mays 1959 tops for a hundred bucks at a card show, graded it with SGC and it came back a six and I sold it for 500 bucks, just 30 days later to get five times my money. I was like, I can't, I don't need cards that are worth a lot of money in my collection. If there's no sentimental tie to them. That's why I love doing these three and threes because there's, it's all about the stories. It's about the stories behind the cards. Like you said, it's not like, hey, it's worth th this much and, you know, I'm going to make all this money off it. It's the story of how the acquisition came about. And, you know, when you have friends over, when you show them your cards, those are the type of things. I always say that, like, if a friend came over your house that didn't know that much about sports cards and you sh were showing cards, you know, you'd want to show cards that, like, have a cool story behind them, how you got right. it or why it's a little different. So, yeah, perfect. That's a yeah. perfect card for this. So my third card, I was torn here between these two, but I'm going to go with the Griffey. The other one is Pedro and Ramon Martinez autographed. They were my two favorite pitchers growing up. Uh, well, Pedro became my favorite probably in 97. I think the Red Sox traded for him in 97 when I was 18 years old. But Griffey, Ken Griffey Jr. was my favorite player. He was a rookie in 89 when I was 10. And... I opened so many packs. It didn't matter what year, it didn't matter what set I had. And when I pulled out my childhood collection, I must have had 150 different Griffey cards from between 89 and 94. Now, a lot of those were the 1991 score set, which yeah. if you're familiar <laughs> with 1991 score, yep. it's just Griffey galore. They had so many Ken Griffey Jr. cards, which was amazing and smart back then. Um, but this card, is from the only collection I've ever purchased from anybody. And uh, as another, I think it was Facebook Marketplace, this guy locally to me about an hour drive posted that he had his childhood sports cards collection up for sale and somebody could come and look at them, but he just wanted them gone. And the pictures showed a lot of boxes of stuff and not much in them. And I thought, well, could be worth going and seeing what's in there. So I drove down, I set up a time with him, drive down and he's had these cards in this like a uh, former sauna. He had converted a sauna into a storage space on his property and they've been in there for decades. And he unlocks it, opens it up and it's like, you just, I, you know, uh, I open it, all these sports cards, 35,000 of them. And they're all in boxes and they're all kept really nicely. Uh, some um, binders in sheets and stuff. 
And I looked it over and I, he says to me, here, this box here has all the best cards. And I open it up and there's, oh, I already, I already moved it. Shoot, I thought I still had it there. <laughs> there were two Billy Swift autographed cards from 1987. Billy Swift pitched for the Mariners. Uh, he was a Cy Young contender at one point, 89, 90. Um, he's also from Portland, Maine. And so he's kind of a legend in Maine. And I have a Legends of Maine autograph collection, which I talk about on my channel sometimes. Um, but Billy Swift, and I thought, oh, wow, Billy Swift, where did you get these autographs? And he said that he played in the Little League World Series, the, the guy who was selling this collection, in like 1984. And his, I don't remember the whole story. I'm going to get it part of it wrong. But... Um, Billy Swift became friends with his father. I think Billy Swift like coached or his father coached or something. And so this guy had a connection to Billy Swift. And when he ran into him in 1990, maybe he gave him these autographed cards and he said, Oh yeah. And I think he's got a Ken Griffey Jr. Autographed card in there too. And my ears perked up because Ken Griffey Jr. My all time favorite. And so I, I'm leafing through and I find the Ken Griffey Jr. In there autographed it, it was raw at the time and i said tell me how did this ken griffey jr card come about and he said that billy swift was teammates with griffey i think it was 89 and 90 maybe or 90 and 91 and had just gotten an autographed card and gave it to this kid who was at the time just a teenager um along with billy swift's own autographed cards and so i thought that's a really good chance that this is authentic and so i I paid for the collection, took all of it. I ended up selling two thirds of what was in there because it wasn't of interest to me. And I took a pretty decent profit from that collection. And I ended up with a lot of really good rookies from the junk wax era that I didn't already have because they were before 86, like all of the 80s, Ricky Henderson rookie was in that collection. Uh, two of them, I think. One of them I gave away. I do a lot of giveaways on my channel. One of them was a Ricky Henderson rookie. Um, and so all the rookies from like 80 to 86 were in that collection. And I didn't have any from those years. So the Griffey I sent off to PSA, came back authentic. Authentic autograph. So prize. on the card itself or authentic of both? Sorry? Is it authentic on both the grade and the auto? Just the auto. Okay. I can't see the grade on the card itself. Uh, the grade, the card is not graded. Oh, okay. Got it. So the, the koozie, I did pay to do the dual service with PSA, which grades the card if it's right. if it's gradable and the autograph. But um, for for this, I didn't care about that. I just it doesn't really matter. Auto. Yeah, I, it's about the auto. I just wanted to know if the autograph was authentic. Right. It's a Ken Griffey Jr. 89 Donruss, that's not in good shape. Right. So the card might grade a four, honestly. It Unless it's matter. a 10, it doesn't matter. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I, I think everyone our age has that card, but I don't think many have it autographed. So that's, that's really cool. It's surprisingly rare. I did go to eBay just to see how many are out there. And there are some, but they're not. They're not as many as you might think, because I think he charges three hundred dollars for an autograph. A little pricey. 
It yeah. should, he should be, though. He's so popular in the hobby. So Right. That's great. I love that you did a Junk Wax card, too, because, hey, that's your name, Junk Wax Hero. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, thanks. Well, those are three great choices. Let's let's head on into now. Let's go with your three cards that you hope to buy in the near future. Yeah, I don't know about near future. Right. <laughs> Sometimes. At some point. Yeah. So um, I, as a huge Red Sox fan, uh, Ted Williams, I think you watched my video with my Ted Williams story, right? Yep. Did you? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So uh, the 1948 Leaf Ted Williams, uh, it's just a beautiful card. Um, it's got the red background. And if I remember correctly, he's swinging a bat. I think you can pull it up. And he's it's in his follow through. Um, Ted Williams, I met Ted Williams very briefly when I was a little boy. I was, I think, oh, you've got it. So just for people wa that will watch this, uh, I didn't know the cards that he was going to show for his, three of his favorite, but I did ask Mike to tell me the three he was going to say he wants. And out of the three, this is the only one I have. So I figured I would show it. <laughs> what is the what is the grade on that? It's a uh, three and a half. Ah, what a dream. Three and a half. And I'll let you go into why this card is uh, on your list. But yeah, this was a recent pickup. Uh, but yeah, always the card I wanted, even though Ted Williams could be a jerk. Like you said, uh, he was an incredible athlete and uh, did some crazy things in his life. So and really, this card itself is just looks like art to me with the it's, colors and everything. So it's it's not a perfectly centered version, which I didn't expect, but it's got great colors on this one, which is what I with the 48 Leafs, that's what I look at first and foremost. Yeah. I was torn between the 48 Leaf Williams or the, the Jackie Robinson. Yeah. The uh, Robinson yeah. is a lot more expensive. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I actually considered the 56 Jackie too, because that's a great card, legendary. But uh, so Ted Williams is the greatest hitter of all time. He, he missed three full seasons during his prime, I think, a long time ago, Joe Posnanski, who I think is the greatest sports writer of all time, did an article where he analyzed what Ted Williams' stats would have been had he not missed those three full seasons and then two more uh, later on in his career, I think for the Korean War, right? I don't remember exactly, but he missed five almost full seasons, three full and two mostly due to war um, during his prime. And he still hit 520 home runs, uh, has the all-time on-base percentage record. He is the greatest hitter of all time. And as a kid, I had Science of Hitting by Ted Williams on my bookshelf. I read it all the time. I wasn't a good hitter. Bas baseball, I was, I was good in the field and I was a good pitcher, but I could not hit. Basketball was my sport. But um, I just, I idolized Ted Williams. He was amazing. And I didn't know what a jerk he was. I was 12 years old. And uh, I went to, I think, Ames. No, it was Kmart when I was like 12 years old with, uh, at the time, my uh, guy that my mom was dating. And we were walking through the sporting section. And I was this incredibly shy, chubby little kid. And um, I stopped. I looked up. And there's Ted Williams standing in the fishing section. It sounds cliche. Like, Ted Williams in the fishing section, of course. Yeah. But there he was at Kmart in Brunswick, Maine. And uh, I stopped and this guy that I was with said, what's wrong? And I said, that's Ted Williams. 
and he doesn't know baseball. And he says, the baseball player? Because everybody knows Ted Williams. And I said, yeah. And he's like, do you want to meet him? And I said, nope. <laughs> I was so shy. But he went up to Ted Williams and said, Mr. Williams, my friend here is a huge baseball fan and would love to say hi to you. And Ted Williams looked at me and said, what the hell did that kid ever do for me? And that was the whole interaction. And so I should be bitter about it, but he's still the all-time greatest. And it's, I mean, that's, uh, knowing that what I know about Ted Williams now, he didn't have a good relationship with his kids. He had a terrible relationship with the media. He was a notorious jerk, but I still want that card. It's a great, it, I think in, in uh, collecting, you know, sometimes you get the bonus of, you, you can collect somebody that you admire what they did in the sport, you know, and it's a bonus if it's like somebody who you can, you can be proud of the way they conducted themselves off the field, off the court or whatever. Um, Ted Williams, look, I, I saw, I saw, I, I had heard stories like that too. And then I watched, I don't remember the name of the biography, but you know, you can find it. I think it's on Netflix or one of those, but it's, it's basically tells his life story. And when you learn about how he grew up and the type of parents he had, uh, you know, you, you can, doesn't excuse saying that to a kid, but you know, you have a little understanding of somebody, how they grew up and so forth. And, uh, you know, I don't, like you said, I still want this card, <laughs> even though, even though, you know, he, he did some, uh, jerky things in his life, I'm sure where maybe guys that we don't you know, that we, uh, revere, we don't know. Maybe they did did some things too that we haven't heard about. So you just never know. Like you said, it's best if you never get a chance to meet them. <laughs> don't don't meet your heroes. Yeah, and so I I misspoke a little bit there. He did say like uh, I would like to meet him and get his autograph, and that's why he said, "What the hell did that could ever do for me?" Yeah. Um. So my third card, I considered using this Carl Yastrzemski rookie, but I just got it a few months ago. Uh, so I didn't really consider using it, but I would have. That would have been definitely up there because he's Stremski, another Red Sox legend, and some main ties. He was rumored to own a pizza shop in Brunswick, Maine, when I used to work in Brunswick many, many years ago when I was in college. And we tried to tried to find out for sure, and they would just never tell us. We wanted to go in and meet him, but it never happened. But uh, so, oh, I've only given you one card so far. Second card is 57 tops bill russell um i gave you the 57 tops koozie which i already have bill russell just passed away two weeks ago but he's a legend at the nba just announced that they're retiring number six universally uh yeah so what is it going for let's see let me pull it up here 57. it's gonna spike of course because he Stop. just passed. Bill russell. let's pull up uh Let's look at like, so you can look at all the different grades here. Let's just put up like a PSA four. PSA four, we're looking card ladder value, 12,000 12, How about a PSA one? That's more let's my down. Yeah, let's work our way to the bottom. PSA one, 4,000, 4,300 bucks. Okay. There it yep. is. Yeah. So that's the type of thing that I would, I would never buy a card for that much money but like the koozie if i were to find it with a where i'm able to look at it close up i wouldn't buy it off ebay and know that i 
feel really confident that it's, even though it's raw, it's real. And then I would send it off to PSA to get graded. Uh, so Bill Russell, you know, Major League Baseball has Jackie Robinson's number 42 retired. They had never retired. The NBA had never retired a player's number before until today. I think they just announced it today or yesterday. They retired his number six. So nobody can use it. Of course, LeBron is number six and he's grandfathered in. And then there's one or two others who are grandfathered in. But nobody will ever be able to use number six again. New. That's just the, the legacy Bill Russell left behind as a trailblazer, as the all-time winningest player in sports history, all-time winningest athlete uh, with, what, 11 NBA championships, a couple of NCAA championships, Olympic gold medal, so much. I'm forgetting some stuff, I know, but his legacy is insane. And it was yeah. he played he played before they tracked things like steals and blocks and people think that he blocked five or six uh, shots per game at least. Yeah, they didn't they weren't tracking blocks back then. Yeah, they, I've heard anywhere up to like they said he could have averaged up to like eight blocks a game. That's nice. like on the high end of the of the estimate. Yeah. So what I have pulled up here is so here's here's what I noticed too. Um, so card ladder pulls in data from like 14 different marketplaces and they have a thing called sales history so you can look up you know even raw versions but yeah you're looking at you know a 2.5 sold for 5800 so i it, i don't think enough time's gone by really to know like if his price if his selling prices have shot up since he passed away uh maybe i'll look back in a week or two and you can look at some of the sales but for what I looked at early, like people are obviously listing his cards for a lot more money now. But for me, it didn't look like they were actually selling for higher prices. So mm. that's probably a good indicator. People are a lot smarter now in the sports card hobby. They, uh, if, if you're going to get a Bill Russell, 57 tops, or probably any Bill Russell card, now is not the time to buy. Wait, you know, wait a little yeah. while. Or if you don't have any now, then you're going to, you want some, just give it some time. I wouldn't advise buying anything right now. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. My my buddy Sean actually got lucky. He went to the National. I was at the National too, but he was at the National and he saw a Bill Russell. I think it's a one of one Bill Russell autograph. I might be mistaken about the number. I know it's serial numbered low uh, and he bought it. He got it for a, a good price. And then uh, Russell passed away like three days later. So it was... Yeah, I, it's, this is morbid to t even talk about this. But, but yeah, yeah, that that fifty seven. Yeah, it, I mean, it is. It's it's uh, it's been always something a little weird to me. How I guess it's just awareness. You know, it's it's more of just people. There's so many athletes, past and present. There's so many different players to buy as far as cards. Um, you know, so when you hear about someone passing, especially a legend like this, I think it's more than anything. Just oh yeah, Bill Russell. I hadn't thought of him in years or whatever. Um, and then it leads them to say, I don't have any of his cards. I should get one. And yeah. so I think that's what it is mostly, but yeah, yeah he, uh, certainly, certainly, uh, I think it's totally warranted to, to retire the number six. I'm glad the NBA did that. I think that was a great move because he really, yeah. in many ways was <laughs> the Jackie Robinson of basketball, not, you know, not as much. He wasn't the first black player, but what he did off the court, social, social justice and everything, uh, he definitely belongs in that league and in that conversation. So I think it's great. 
And he refused to be recognized as a Hall of Famer until the first black player got in. Mm -hmm. And everybody said, well, he doesn't deserve to be in. He said, of course he does. He broke the color barrier for basketball. And until he's in, I'm not in. And he did that for decades. He would not recognize that he was a Hall of Famer. And just on that, on that similar topic, we just talked about Ted Williams. You know, yes, he certainly did probably some jerky things in his life. But one thing I will say that, you know, aside from outside of baseball, did you ever see his Hall of Fame speech when he uh, dedicated a, a big part of that speech to talking about, uh, you know, the Negro League players and the players who never got a chance? And I always I always thought that was. Yeah. If you never seen that. I don't think so. But that's fantastic. I'm really glad to know that. Yeah. So it maybe just to balance it out a little bit. <laughs> he might have been a little jerky at Kmart, but he definitely <laughs> yeah. had some great moments, too. So let's just say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's good to know. Um, let's go with the number three card. Number three is 52, Willie Mays. So I know this is not Mays's rookie, much like the 52 Mantle is not Mantle's rookie. They both have a 51 Bowman. Uh, I just like the 52 set a lot. I, I actually, I bought, now that I'm thinking about this, I guess I don't have it up here, but I um, I bought a Duke Snyder from the 52 set because my friend was selling it for a really good price. I just love the set. It's iconic. And the card, I like that card a lot better than the 51 Bowman. Plus it's tops. I like it. I just, it's a lot better to me. Uh, and I, I don't care about ooh, this. You have to have his official rookie card. I also don't like rookie cards that are, you know, in the vintage, the multiple players on the same rookie card. I'd much rather have the Hall of Famers rookie cup or rookie top hat, I think is uh, from the 60s, right? Um, this one, it just presents better. Uh, I, I just love the card. Willie Mays for me is the all-time greatest baseball player. Uh, Williams is the greatest hitter. Willie Mays, the greatest baseball player. He could hit he could field, he could run the bases. He did everything except for pitch. And this one that I have pulled up here, this is a PSA one, just an example of a little, you know, not as much. I mean, it's, it is a PSA one, but like, if you could find a copy like this, where it's, I mean, look at that centering on that. That's pretty beautiful. Nice. two tops. It's probably, yeah, got some creases, but uh, 24, it says 2475 is the card ladder estimated value, which you know, for, for a card like that, I think is actually pretty affordable, all things considered, really, when you compare it to some of these other prices. Yeah. What is what is a PSA 151 Bowman going for? Yeah. So let's pull that up. Uh, that I was going to mention that. I was looking this up recently. Unlike Mickey Mantle, the uh, 51 Bowman Willie Mays actually sells for more than the 52 Tops. So it's yeah. it doesn't follow the same suit as Mickey Mantle with that. Let's pull this up here. Uh, I think a lot of people like me grew up with Bowman, sorry, Beckett Baseball Card Monthly, and just leafing through to the 52 tops Mantle. That was the first thing I looked for. And so I would, with Mantle, that's the one I'd want. Yeah, well, they, they have, yeah, the card ladder has this one about $4,000 for a PSA one. So, yeah. you know. Good, good, good amount more. It's a cool card. I just yep. like the 52 better. Yeah. And you know what? Based on, uh, based on, I think the majority of people, I think people <laughs> clearly, uh, 
not with this card, but especially with Mickey Mantle, you know, the 52 tops, the selling prices are way higher than his 51 Bowman rookie. So, um, yeah, it's just a kind of a popularity thing. People would rather have the 52 tops. So I think, I think the 52 tops Willie Mays is, you know, not only for just a, a collection thing, but if you are an investor, a sports card investor, I think that's a card that uh, will definitely increase in value over time. For sure. For, so. for sure. Yeah, yeah. I just actually saw on Twitter a couple days ago that it was like an index showing the, the I guess, the year range of cards. Uh, I'll, I'll send it to you. Maybe you can put it in. Um, and it shows how much they have decreased or increased in values over the last two weeks, one month and three months or something like that. And they've all down significantly, except vintage. I think it was pre-1980s vintage are flat to slightly up, whereas like ultra modern cards are down 30%. Yep. Yeah. Card ladder has an indexes thing here. And yeah, you could look over like the last quarter and you could see that there. The pre-war vintage is the only thing that in card ladder that is not negative. Yeah. Vintage and vintage is only down one, not even 1%, which is like a win right in itself. But look at look at the low end moderns down sixteen percent. Uh, we go down ultra moderns down almost twenty percent. Yes. Yeah. So like that's exactly what you're talking about there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Or vintage is holding holding values. Thanks for having that uh, that handy card ladder. Yep. Seems pretty cool. I I don't have I I did this video I think you saw a couple days ago about uh, tracking my collection, and I've looked at card ladder a little bit, but and I like it. I'm just, I, I am trigger shy on what to use to track my collection. Yeah, I just, um, you know, for me, I don't do a lot of selling either, but what I like it, and I actually think this is not a sales pitch for Card Ladder. I, you know, I have no relationship or anything. That's just, I, I did a yearly subscription. It comes out to like 12 bucks a month, which yeah, I thought was pretty reasonable. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot of features in there, not even related to like prices that much. Uh, for like trying to flip cards or anything like that. I think a lot of people think that's, you know, only what it's for, but they have a thing under like collection where you can, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Collection. And then it's uh, no watch list. I'm sorry. Watch list. So under watch list, you know, I was just playing around with it. You can actually put a card in your watch list. Like for example, I was just messing around with like the, uh, 1980 tops, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Julius Irving. That, uh, that was my card. fourth. That was my fourth. I almost did that one. Yeah. So that so I was I was kind of monitoring like PSA nine prices because PSA nines used to sell for like a lot, like I think close to like thirty thousand or more. Um, so what you can do is you can actually set a watch where if the value goes below a certain point, like let's say you know you want to be notified when this card. The value goes below uh, $10,000 or $15,000. You can set it up and Carlotta will send you a notification right when that happens. So I think from a buying standpoint, it can be pretty valuable too because, you know, who has a lot of time to be monitoring every card and what it's selling for, where if you can kind of set it up on like a system approach and, and um, when a card's value comes down, as prices are coming down uh, to where you're comfortable, you'll at least know, you know, without having to check every day. So stuff, stuff like that, I think is pretty, pretty cool. That's pretty appealing. So my friend Oliver, who will definitely watch this video because he watches all my videos, 
It, and I, t I mentioned him so many times on my channel that people started saying that he was the Bob Sacamano to Mike Kramer, if you're familiar with Seinfeld. Oh, yeah, Bob Sacamano. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I did actually show him in a video a few weeks ago. So he is a huge vintage basketball guy and has, when we dug into his collection a year ago, for the first time since he was a kid, he had the bird Dr. J Magic Johnson card and it was beautiful. It did have the little black specks on it, but he kept his cards in mint condition. And so we thought this is either gonna get a really good grade or it's gonna grade low because of the black specks that the 80 tops basketball mm -hmm. set is notorious for. Um, so we sent it off to SGC, it got a three. He cracked it, sent it off to CSG, got a 3.5. And then he's like, has anybody ever cracked and crossed it over to three different companies? So we just sent it off to PSA to see what PSA will give it. And so that'll be a video at some point early next year, probably because PSA is, I did that $18 national special. But yeah, we're, we're really curious to see how the three companies compare. And um, he's, he's like me, he doesn't like to sell cars. He just, he buys a lot of early eighties basketball and that, that bird, a lot of those, he just was telling me somebody he knows found 12 of them in their father's childhood collection and they looked in great shape. So he's trying to buy some of those. I'll, I'll let you go, but I, I, I wanted to tell you to appreciate this story. So this is kind of what I, I'd been buying cards for a long time. Um, but up until like the beginning of last year, I never, I didn't really, I didn't know there was any, uh, card YouTube channels or podcasts or anything like that. And I didn't really keep an eye on anything, right? Prices. I had no clue. It just felt like, you know, years back, it was like the price of a card is what it's going to be next year. Vintage cards I'm talking about. Right. So it would be like, you know, it's $500 card. I could get it now or I could get it next. So I would just buy cards from time to time. Well, one of the cards that I bought, uh, it was about four years, four or five years ago was, and this was one of my biggest purchases ever up at, at that point. Uh, it was a PSA 10, 1981 Larry Bird, uh, the base card. So, um, and I got it, it was like 900 bucks. So it was, it was a, you know, a big purchase, not the, uh, yeah, the one right there. Yeah, they, I hadn't, I didn't even notice that until you just, wow, yep, that, so, I don't know if you know the, how those po the population with PSA works with that card, but that's one of those cards that like the value from a PSA nine, which sells for like, uh, I think it's like, you know, five to 800 bucks, depending the, there's like a thousand or more. I don't know. There's a lot of them. Right. But then you go to a PSA 10 in that card. There's only at the time I had sold mine, it was like 58 of them. And uh, now there's like 62. So crazy low population. Yeah. So anyway, uh, like you said earlier, when a card goes up that much in value. Now, again, this was probably the, one of my favorite cards in my collection. It was just, you know, I, Larry Bird's my guy from basketball and it was like his first solo card. So I loved it. But when you buy a card for 900 bucks and a few years later, it's worth it was so, it sold one time for forty nine thousand dollars. Yeah, I know that that was my reaction when I was like, what? That got my attention. I saw like a thing on uh, Twitter or something about it. And I said, wait, I have that card. And so I put mine up for auction and uh, mine didn't sell for as much because it, uh, three months had gone by by the time I sold it at Heritage. So it sold in like the first one sold in February for 49,000. Mine sold in May 
for uh, 28,000. Still, yeah. uh, anything. So the point is, uh, when I, I took that money and I created like a, I just put it in a separate account and I said, I'm gonna, with this money, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use it over the next year or two or whatever to buy a lot of the vintage, mostly baseball cards that I've always wanted. And this, I showed this one earlier, but this was one of the cards that I bought with that money. So, yeah. you know, I, I don't think we'll ever see anything like that again, as far as a, a, a jump from a $900 card to $28,000. It's just crazy. So I felt like I gotta, I gotta sell it because, you know, all the cards that I've actually been able to buy with that money, um, you know, I think I bought like 10 cards and I still have some money left in that fund. So, you know, that was, I, I figured you'd appreciate that story. That's awesome. That's so smart too. I, I'm just not interested in having, obviously it would be great to have a $30,000 card, but I would rather have 50 cards that are worth $30,000 than one right. that's worth 30,000. This one is, I, I was looking at this for my recent PSA order. It's probably a, a six or so, maybe it's not great, but one thing I've been saying is it's not perfect, but it's perfect for my collection. I just, I don't need to have all the best conditioned cards. I'd just like to have the cards. Yeah. Well, Mike, hey, and by the way, if, 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 if anyone, I don't know if you can notice, but I'm sweating. It's not because uh, I'm, I'm nervous that much, as much as uh, I'm, I live in Arizona and I do these out in my garage where it's oh, very yeah. hot. So uh, it's a good way to shed some pounds too. You know, it's like a sauna. I think you mentioned a sauna earlier, so. Yeah. This but anyway, Mike, been, this I appreciate it. a true it. pleasure. Yeah, this was really fun. And uh, hopefully we can do some more stuff like this together in the future. For sure. Yeah. Thanks, Adam. I really appreciate you having me on. All right. go If you haven't, go subscribe to Junk Wax Hero. I'm telling you, I don't think I've watched a video of his yet where I haven't learned something and picked up a little, uh, hey, I didn't know about that, stuff like that. So go ahead and subscribe if you haven't. And thanks for watching, guys.